Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we're continuing our study on Christ our Healer. Once again, that is Christ our Healer. And I hope that you have found that Christ is your healer. He is the one who can heal. He's the one who wants to heal. In fact, if we go all the way back to the beginning, the beginning of creation, we see that God created this world, and he goes and he proclaims that it is good. He didn't create sickness. He didn't create disease. He didn't create illness, but rather he created a perfect world, and his design for mankind was not to suffer illness. It wasn't to suffer sickness. It wasn't to suffer disease. And certainly it was not to suffer death. But of course, we know that man chose by his own free moral agency to go and to sin. And with sin came sickness, came disease, came illness, and came death into this world. But God goes and he reveals himself to us in Scripture as Jehovah Rapha. The Lord, our healer. And that is who he is. He wants to see you healed from your diseases, from your sicknesses, and from your illnesses. But he does have certain conditions, of course, that you must meet. Some of these conditions uh, that we've looked at so far in this series are being connected to the people of God, being in a church that is in accordance to God's order, going and having faith and using the prayer of faith. Of course, another thing uh, that is is that you must be connected to the Word of God. Another one is is that you must not be regarding iniquity in your heart. It tells us in James uh, that the prayer of a righteous man avails much. But today we're going to be looking at an example of Jesus Christ going and healing someone today. And we're going to see that in Luke chapter 13. And in Luke chapter 13, starting in verse 1, we read this. There were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with sacrifices. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 who in the Tower of Siloam fell and, they, and killed them, do you think that they were worse sinners than all other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. He also spoke this parable, a certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it, and he found none. Then he said to the keeper of the vineyard, Look, for three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and find none. Cut it down. Why does it use up the ground? But he answered and said, Sir, let it alone this year also, until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit well, but if not, after that you can cut it down. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity, 18 years, and who was bent over and could not raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called to her and he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he said, he 
uh, excuse me, and he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There are six days which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them, and do not, and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite! Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to the water? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, uh, whom Satan has bound, think of it for a, uh, for eighteen years, be loosed from his this bond on the Sabbath? And when he said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame, and all the multitude rejoiced for the glorious things that were done by him. And then he said, What is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It is like a mustard seed which a man took and put his in his garden, and it grew and became a large tree, and the birds of the air nested in its branches. And again he said, To what shall I liken the kingdom of God? It is like leaven which a woman took and hid in three measures a mill till it was all leavened. And he went through the cities and the villages, teaching and journeying towards Jerusalem. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said unto them, Strive to enter into the narrow gate, for many, I say to you, will seek to enter and not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, I do not know you. Where are you from? Then you will begin to say, We ate and drank in your presence, and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you. Where are you from? Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, and you yourselves thrust out. They will come from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south and sit down in the kingdom of God. And indeed, there are uh, last who will be first and there are first who will be last. On that very day, some Pharisees came saying to him, get out and depart from here for Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, go tell that fox, behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, I must journey today, tomorrow, and the day following, for it cannot be that a prophet should perish outside of Jerusalem. O Jerusalem, Jeru Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. And assuredly, I say to you, you shall not see me until the time comes when you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Wow, we see quite a bit in this chapter of Scripture, but I really want us to focus uh, on this healing of the woman with the spirit of infirmity. And it starts in verse 10, and it says, Now he came teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and she could and, and, and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called to her, 
he, excuse me, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not uh, on the Sabbath day. Now, there's a lot that I want us to see here, and the first one is I want us to notice uh, that the Word of God is connected to healing. We see Jesus. What is he doing at this point in time? He is teaching on the Sabbath. He's he's teaching uh, in the synagogue on the Sabbath. He's, he's going and he is preaching. He's teaching. He's proclaiming the Word of God. And while this is going on, he goes and he looks out. There's a woman who is just hunched over. She cannot stand up straight. That's the, the reality of, of her state. She'd been like that for 18 years. She was bound in that way. But then Jesus goes, and he heals her. Jesus goes and he heals her. Now, this is incredible to stop and to think about and to realize that Jesus goes and heals her because, I mean, this is, this is quite the life-altering sickness that she has, is that she is hunched over. She cannot stand up straight for 18 years. But I want you to notice something about this. It's very clear that the spirit of infirmity was a demon. See, it says in verse 15, the Lord then answered him and said, hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his donkey from the stall and lead it away from water? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loosed from the bond on the Sabbath. It's very clear that this spirit of infirmity that is being stated here, is from the devil, and it is, of course, a demonic attack on this woman. She was possessed by a demon, by a spirit of infirmity. And I want you to understand this because I want you to understand where does sickness, disease, illness, where does it come from? It comes from sin, and of course, who is ultimately the father of sin, that's Satan himself. And so we do see that there are sicknesses, there are illnesses, there are diseases that are attached to certain demonic entities. And it is important to understand that because when it comes to healing, it is often, if not always, a spiritual battle that is happening and that is going on. And that's why there needs to be a connection to the Word of God. That's why there needs to be a prayer of faith, because both of those two things listed right there, prayer and the Word of God, what are those? Well, if you go over to Ephesians chapter 6, we find that the Word of God, it's called the sword of the Spirit in the armor of God. And then when you continue on reading in that passage, you find out that prayer is what comes right after all of the armor of God is mentioned, you know, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, your feet shod in the preparation of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, all of these things, of course, the sword of the Spirit, all of these things are mentioned, and then it goes and it talks about prayer. What I believe when it comes to the armor of God, and this would be a good devotional series, maybe we'll do a little devotional series on the armor of God, is that 
prayer is an offensive weapon. You know, a breastplate, it goes and it takes damage. It, it blocks. It's a defensive thing. A helmet, it's defensive. A shield can be both offensive and defensive. That That's true, but we are talking about the prayer of faith, and it is the shield of faith. A belt, uh, of course, there, that's the idea of it's holding the rest of the armor in place. And the feet shot of the preparation of the gospel of peace, those were defensive. They weren't offensive uh, in, in, in tools. It was to go and to hold your ground there against the enemy. But a sword, though it can be used defensively, it can block attacks. It is more of an offensive weapon or viewed that way. And prayer, I believe, is also an offensive weapon. And so when it comes to healing, because it is a spiritual thing that is going on, in either its origin uh, of original sin, back to the father of sin, which is Satan, or directly, because it is a spirit of infirmity, or it is some kind of demonic entity that is going on in this person's life, whether it's oppression or possession, you need the right equipment. You need the right equipment to go and to do that and to go to battle. And so you're going to spiritual battle when it comes to healing. It is a place of spiritual battle. And so that's why you need the Word of God connected, and Jesus has the Word of God connected here. And obviously, we know that Jesus is well prayed up, and he goes and he lays his hands on the woman, and the, she's immediately loosed from this. She's immediately loosed from this, and she's healed. A, a, a disease of 18 years. Think about the first 18 years of your life. Now, that's not what we, we see here. It doesn't say that it was her first 18 years, but just think of your first 18 years and think about how long those are. See, I can't say your second 18 years because I'm not that old yet. I, I don't have my second 18 years in, but, but some of you do. Think about how long 18 years is. You know, just, just go and maybe try to be hunched over, you, you know, bent over for 18 minutes. I mean, your, your back is going to get pretty sore just doing that. Can you imagine 18 years? Now, this is an incredible healing. We see that there needed to be a connection to Jesus. We see that there needed to be a proclamation of the Word of God. We see that there needed to be faith here. We see that it was a spiritual battle. But I want you to notice one more thing here this morning, and that's the response. The response was uh, of the ruler of the synagogue. It, it was that he answered in indignation, and it was because there was healing that happened on the Sabbath. What is he going and saying? Well, healing is not bad, but, you know, there was a certain time for healing, and today is not that day. The reason I bring this out is because that same attitude, that same spirit, really, is in a lot of people today. Perhaps you're one of those people today who go and say, well, healing's good, but it's not for today. You're going and saying, today's the Sabbath day. Today's not the right day to be healed. What is Jesus's response to that? Hypocrite. Hypocrite. And we could even go and say, you go to the doctor today because you want to get better but you don't want to see healing from the hand of God? What's wrong with you? That's what Jesus is ultimately saying. 
And there are people who are like that. They put their faith in their trust, in their belief for the supernatural, for healing, into the hands of doctors, as opposed to going and putting them in the hands of God. Now, understand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that doctors are wrong or bad. I go to doctors. I said I pinched nerve in my arm the other day. I went to a doctor. I'm not against doctors. But what I'm saying here is that there are people who believe that healing from the hand of God is not for today. They say it's good. They still go to the doctor because they want healing, but they just don't believe that it is for today. Well, that's like the person, the ruler of the synagogue. It's the same spirit who he goes and says, there were six days to get healed. Why are you doing it today? There was a time for healing, but that time is not today. That's the attitude. But Jesus has a rebuke for that, and that is hypocrite. Hypocrite. And so today, I want to remind you just of a few things. One is where does sickness, disease, and illness come from? It doesn't come from God. It comes from sin. It comes from the father of sin. It can be attached to the demonic. Second thing I want you to remember is that when it comes to healing, especially if you're looking for healing in your life, remember it's a spiritual battle. It's a spiritual battle. That's why you need to meet the spiritual conditions because it is a spiritual battle. And the third thing I want you to remember today is don't be a hypocrite. Look for healing today because God is a God who wants to heal. It's who he is. He is Jehovah Rapha. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Hold to the promise, there's nothing we can't overcome. So that war you've been fighting will end in God's timing. Sing like the battle's been won. Then you feel it, the song that is rising, then you can't help but let it out. If you're trusting in faith, even now.